0: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, which is part of the Demcast Network. It's yet another bonus show. I'm Kimberly Johnson in D.C., and today I'm going to be talking about my own body image issues and my body hatred. It's something that I've been wanting to do for a while. I've written about it extensively, but I've never, um, I mean, I've talked about it with Stephanie and I've, um, you know, I've mentioned it in passing, but I've never really uh, just sat down in front of a microphone and, um, discussed what I've been through before. And I just, I figure I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone. And so I wanted to record this just so that other people who feel the same way know they're not alone. And also, you know, I mean, I always like to offer up some kind of, I don't know, like a solution and I have a solution. I just don't know how to get to that solution. So, um, Obviously, before I get into all of my um, body image issues, I'm going to say that Start Me Up is a listener-supported show. So um, that means that you guys are the ones who are my patrons, and you fund the show with your monthly patronage. You can sign up for a dollar a month. Just try that. See if you like the show, because each show gets delivered to your email box. Then you can listen to it, and if you want to upgrade, you can upgrade. If you do upgrade, you can upgrade to $5, which gets you into at least two and another thing segments. Now, I'm I'm not sure if I'm gonna do this, but I had an idea that maybe once or twice a month I could do just some kind of stream of consciousness, whether it's about politics or or body image or sex or something I've noticed out and about, whatever it is. I, I think it's something that I'm I, I might do, but I'm a little nervous because you know, you have to be inspired to get in front of a microphone all by yourself and, and talk. I, you know, I I get nervous that I'm just going off and nobody gives a shit. So this particular subject, I feel motivated and inspired to talk about. And I'm not, I'm not concerned because I know a lot of people, the, the body image stuff, I know a lot of people battle with it, but anyway, so, um, you know, just take a listen to some of the past shows too and see if you like them. They're on the front page of patreon.com slash start me up. You can see all the people that I've interviewed, not all of them, but a lot of them listen to the interviews, sign up for a dollar, sign up for $5 at patreon.com slash start me up. Now, I'm going to start my, uh, my little, my little message here, my little, my little story, which isn't so little about body hatred. I used to think that My issues started when I was about thirteen years old, and that's because I had, and I'll I'll get more into details about this later, but that's when I went on my first diet, and you know I was I was five eight and one hundred and seventy pounds, and I looked around at my eighth grade, uh, you know the the girls in eighth grade, and I thought, oh, this isn't gonna do, so I went on this like obsessive diet, and um, that's when I started really, I thought. Hating my body, but I realized not too long ago that no, I I actually started feeling shame for my body. um, Much younger, I do remember one incident when I was in first grade, and there were two girls in the bathroom with me. We were in the you know the first grade girls' bathroom, and we were talking about how much we weighed, and both of my girlfriends weighed 50 pounds, but because I was taller than both of them, I'm six feet tall now as an adult. Um, and I've always been tall. I was 60 pounds. So I felt shame. Those two girls were normal and they only weighed 50 pounds, but I weighed 60. So I felt shame. And, you know, I mean, I've always been fond of food. <laughs> My grandmother used to call me the bottomless pit because I can eat a lot. And I did when I was a kid, I was not like a fat obese kid, but you know, I mean, I was kind of like, I was a little kid that had a stomach. And so I remember also feeling shame about my stomach. And, you know, like when I would take a bath or something, I would just look up so I didn't have to see rolls in my stomach. There was one incident where I was at uh, like a Denny's or a Bob's Big Boy with a family member, and that family member commented on my appetite, which was, you know, healthy. (laughs) And I felt shame about that. So, this whole body image thing didn't actually start when I was thirteen, which I've—that's what I always figured. It was—it's the fact that I'm different. I—I'm different because I'm bigger. I hate that word, but yeah, I'm taller, but I'm bigger. I have big bones, I have uh, big shoulder bones, uh, big clavicle bones, big feet, big hands, and I hated it growing up. I hated it. I hated being taller. I hated being bigger. I hated it. And I started hating myself for it. So, you know, as I mentioned, um, prior to, well, in 12th grade, I was in Russia. I lived with my stepmother and my father in Russia. My father was a cameraman for ABC News. And I gained a little bit of weight when I lived over there. I mean, I, I, I didn't, it wasn't as heavy as I got, but, you know, I, just, I gained weight while I was over there. And I was also very geeky, you know, it was like the geek years and I was in full geek mode. So when I returned back to California to go live with my single mom, um, she had moved from where we were living prior to me leaving for Russia. So I didn't know anybody in the neighborhood. We, lived, we had lived in Brentwood and then briefly we lived in Laurel Canyon. And then when I came back after Russia, she had moved to Silver Lake. So I didn't know anybody in Silver Lake. And I think I returned in July. So I was alone for a lot of the summer before school started. And all I did was eat. That's all I did. I mean, I practically had an IV of strawberry quick milk going into my veins. I drank so much of it, and I would ask my mom, "Please, would you buy ice cream and cookies and this and that, whatever, whatever?" And I would make sandwiches all day long, and I make milkshakes, and I'd have strawberry quick, and I would eat and eat and eat and, eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. So the school year starts, and I go to school, and you know, I'm already wearing glasses, which were very thick because I have poor vision. And I guess about a month into school, in the school year, I looked around and I was five, eight and 170 pounds. And I was just huge compared to my schoolmates, especially the girls. So I decided then and there on a Monday after my mom had gone shopping and purchased all the fattening food that I asked her for, um, I decided I was going to go on a diet. So I came home and I, I, I told my mom and she's like, I asked her if we could throw all the fattening food out. <laughs> she's like, No. I paid for that food and we're not throwing it out. So I just didn't eat it. I started my first diet. My mother didn't realize that my first diet was not eating breakfast and not eating lunch. And I would come home from school and I would work out for uh, like an hour with no food in me. But I would, I would run around the block, I would do calisthenics in my living room. This was prior to all the music videos and, and you know, and video, I'm, I'm sorry, not music videos, but just videos that you could, you know, get Kathy Smith or, or um, I can't remember all of their names. People, you know, there's Jane Fonda, all of that. So I, I hadn't yet, that, that wasn't out, right? It was just doing like push-ups and sit-ups and jumping jacks. And so I did that and then my mom would come home and because she was aware that I wanted to lose weight, she would prepare healthy meals. Again, she was under the impression that I was having breakfast and lunch. I didn't tell her that I wasn't. Oh, my cat Miranda says hi. Anyway, um, she's probably going to say hi a couple more times because that's just how she is. And let's see what else. So that first year, that, that, that diet, eighth grade, I was so determined to lose weight that I didn't really eat very much. And I started losing a pound a day. And I I taught myself to have a positive reaction to the feeling of hunger. I didn't like hunger. But in my mind, I said, you know, okay, well, you're losing weight. So hunger is good. And I lost, I, you know, I went from uh, 5'7", 5'8", 170 pounds to almost 5'11", 125 pounds. So even if I hadn't grown, I, I would have lost quite a bit of weight. But because I also grew, there was a huge difference. My father saw me the following summer. He saw me um, at Christmas time, but I hadn't lost that much weight yet. Maybe I had only lost... You know, I don't know five to ten pounds. I don't. I don't know what it was. I was losing a pound a day, but then of course the holidays came. So when he saw me, I wasn't really skinny. But but when he saw me that following summer, he thought I had anorexia, which I didn't. I I've never had anorexia. But he was very concerned because I was so skinny, and I was so I was so completely afraid that I was gonna um, gain weight when I was visiting him for the summer back East, you know, I made sure that I didn't want to gain weight. So I would order salads all the time and I wouldn't have salad dressing on them. And my father's like, oh my God, this is just wrong. Teenagers shouldn't be having salads with no salad dressing for lunch and they should be having hamburgers and hot dogs. And, you know, so he didn't understand what I was going through. And it just was, I think, upsetting for him and confusing because I absolutely didn't give a shit what he had to say. I was going to do what I was going to do. And then by ninth grade, I had pretty much lost that weight. I didn't view myself as thin or skinny. I, I looked at pictures of women in magazines and I saw their shape. And I thought, because I didn't have that shape that I was fat. It was just my skewed thinking. And So I, you know, I I just, I don't know, I had gotten to a point where I know people were telling me that I was thin, kind of understood that I was thin, even though I didn't really believe it. And then I just stopped dieting, you know, and I just ate whatever the fuck I wanted again. And I was lucky because I didn't put on too much weight after that. I, I pretty much was able to be a normal teen and eat donuts and whatever I wanted without getting fat you know, you're a teen, you're running around, you've got all these, um, your your metabolism is faster. So I was okay. I didn't get any weight a little bit. Sometimes I would like eat way too much and then I would gain five pounds. And so in order to lose it, I would just stop eating too much and I would lose it. (laughs) I wish, I wish it was like that now, but it isn't. Um, when I was on my diet though, I, when I started that diet in eighth grade, I was completely, completely 100% obsessed obsessed with it. I was obsessed with losing weight, and I was obsessed with the Rolling Stones and my crush on Mick Jagger. In fact, I had a picture of him. uh, He was jogging, and I taped it next to my mirror in my bedroom. So not only did I have a little bit of a workout when I came home from school, I would have dinner, and then after dinner, I would put my mother's bikini on, and I would stand in front of my mirror and do more calisthenics, and I would look at Mick Jagger's picture for motivation. And I wore the bikini because I just thought I looked fat. And I thought, well, if I see myself looking fat, I'll be motivated to, you know, jog more after dinner. And then I also saw that year a movie called Papers Dolls. In my eighth grade year, I saw a movie called Paper Dolls. And it was about models. It was about one model who was discovered and became an overnight success I remember Daryl Hannah was in it. She played a character named Taryn Blake. She had been the established model in the show. And then the new girl who was discovered and made it overnight was like now competition to Taryn Blake. And I was just, I wanted to be that girl. I wanted to be discovered. I wanted to be, um, I, I wanted validation about the way that I looked. I became obsessed with it. And people would tell me that I should be a model. And so I wanted to be a model. And then my mom and I, my mom met some guy who was a modeling manager. So he met me and he told me that he would be my manager and he would get me um, contact lenses. and But I had to lose five pounds, which is such bullshit. So I, I, I went away We 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 came back a week later and I lied to him and I told him I lost five pounds and then he was fine. He didn't say he said you don't need to lose any more weight. The funny thing is I didn't lose any weight. I just lied to him and he believed me, and that's Hollywood for you. And so we signed a five-year contract with him and I went to one modeling class and one commercial class. And the modeling class that I went to, my mom and I, this was after I think I was finished with my diet at this point. But I think we we got um, an apple fritter which shows you how serious I was about my, my modeling career. Um, but I, didn't, I really didn't want to be a model. I, I, I knew quickly that I didn't want to do that, at least not as a teenager, because I wanted to have a normal childhood, and I figured this is just going to suck. I'm always going to have to be working and you know, dealing with adults and not eating anything. I don't want to do it. So it turns out that the guy skipped town. We never heard from him again, and I went to have a normal childhood for the most part. In high school, um, when I started high school, I was no longer on a diet, but I was completely obsessed about my weight. Just talk to anybody who was friends with me. That's all they ever heard is me complaining about the fact that I was too fat. And I'm sure everybody was sick of it. But I was, I was so insecure and I would talk about it because, and I still do this, I talk about it because I feel like if I say I'm fat, it takes it; takes then you can't say I'm fat first. Whether or not you think I'm fat isn't even the issue. It's just what I think. And when I say fat, I mean, I don't literally mean obese fat. I just mean fat for me. There is this ideal, what I want to look like. And if I'm anything heavier than that, I, I call myself fat. And so, you know, in high school, I was, like I said, I was kind of fortunate because I just, I think I ate fairly regularly. I, 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 I had, I, I wasn't trying to eat any particular kind of food in order to lose weight. I ate what I wanted. And I I, I didn't eat terrible foods, but I ate okay. I ate like a normal teenager would, I guess. Um, I, I will say this, that it would have been very devastating for me if a man had ever said anything about my weight or about the fact that I'm tall. And there were two times where that happened, and they were fairly minor. a boyfriend, my first boyfriend was trying to compliment us us as a couple. We were looking at ourselves in the mirror, and he said something like, "Oh, we would have such beautiful children. um they would have your fatness and my skinniness <laughs> okay, so he was really skinny, and um he was eighteen years old because so many boys are skinny when they're eighteen years old, but he was also doing cocaine, so that's a whole nother podcast but that's why he was part of the reason he was so thin. And I remember when he told me, you know, your fatness, it just never left my head. I I didn't spiral out of control on that one. I just kind of thought, thanks. It it didn't cut me to the core. Um, Another situation, I later on when I was probably like 20, I don't know, early 20s, I went out with this dancer guy. And it was just like once or twice. I don't even think we kissed. But I had um, a video, there was a video of me from a couple of years prior and he saw it and he pointed out that I was thinner back, you know, back when the video uh, was shot. So I remember feeling embarrassed because I had gained weight. So, I mean, it was just minimal, five pounds, maybe 10 pounds, but still he noticed it and he brought it up. And so that's pretty much the extent of what I dealt with, uh, you know, coming from a man other than certain men that I dated there was this one guy who I dated who liked petite women and and I know this because he I met him um from an online dating service and he had specified that and I told him I'm not petite <laughs> you know I explained how I looked and he seemed to be okay with it but I always remembered that I always remembered that he specified that he liked petite women. So I felt I always felt very pressured to be thin around him. And when I met him, I was thin for me. That was when I was 35. But I was thin for me at that time. But you know, I go up and down the only way I was when I was thin for me, that meant that I had been dieting and um, restricting food. Again, I'm not anorexic and I never have been, but I, I, I have restricted. So, the other situation with the man is a girlfriend of mine who was basically my height was dating and living with this guy. And he broke up with her. And part of his reasoning was because um, they were the same height. And he didn't like that. He told her that that was part of the reason. So, even though that happened to her, she told me that story. And it just never left my mind. And so what this did was it was a buildup of, you're too big, you're not good enough, you're too big and you're just not good enough. So um, after high school, I decided, probably it was like, okay, I graduated in 1986. By 1988, 89, I had decided that, you know, I had gone to college, although I wasn't very um, interested and I never graduated college because what I wound up doing is I stopped going to college and then I decided to become or get involved in acting. But the process went like this. I was. Um, I, I went to college, didn't want to do that anymore. And then I decided that I was just going to stop going to, to, to college and that I was going to be in music videos and commercials. And I said that, I told my dad that you can imagine how pleased he was to hear that. Um, that was not a fun day. But I, I told him that that's what I was going to do, and that's what I did. So I went and I studied acting, and it, fortunately, I actually I floundered for a while. I took some commercial classes here and there, but I eventually found the studio was called Dvorak and Company. It's still there. I loved it. It, it. It's the Meisner technique, and basically, you study for about two two and a half years. And I thought to myself, well, I'm going to study. And I'm going to graduate before I ever audition because I want to be good at what I'm doing. And this was a very comprehensive, thorough, um, you know, class study. So I did that. And and, and there was not a lot of pressure. I should say, I didn't put a lot of pressure on myself, um, to be particularly skinny because I knew I was not meeting casting directors at that time. So, um, After I graduated and I, 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 you know, went on to what's called the professional level, which is where I stayed in my acting studio, but we would, we would continue our learning our craft, but we would invite, um, casting directors and agents to come watch us perform and then they could call us in for auditions. And so there was during that time that I met this one particular woman whose name I, um, Revealed on Bob Seska's show, my boyfriend Bob Seska, on his after-party show. But actually, he revealed it. I've never revealed her name because I I don't find – I don't have any reason to out her other than just to tell the story that I've written about, and which is I met this woman. We were fragrance modeling, and I thought she was funny. And fragrance modeling just means freelance fragrancing. I worked for a a perfume. um, You know, like let's say I worked for White Diamond's for that company. And then they would send me out to department stores and the fragrance company would pay me, but I would work at the department store and I walk around going, hi, would you like to smell white diamonds? And you know, that that's what a fragrance model is. So anyway, I met her doing that and I thought she was funny and she was an actor. So I told her about my acting studio and um, about the professional level and said, you know, okay, granted you didn't graduate from the studio, but." Um, people can audition to get in, and she was interested, so she auditioned, and I pretty much immediately regretted, regretted that, because once she was voted in, uh, she started constantly asking me for rides, and she lived across town, and it was like she was always bugging me for shit, and she wouldn't she wouldn't show up to the classes when we didn't have any casting directors, when we would maybe work on scenes or something. she She just blew that off, and she would only show up when casting directors were there So there was this one particular casting director who worked for Warner Brothers that she eventually wound up having sex with and going out with. And I do not believe that it was out of um, genuine affection. She's a schmoozer. She's really good at schmoozing. She's an okay actor. She can do the job, but she's not deep. Um, But she's a fantastic schmoozer. And that gets you really, really far in Los Angeles. I was never the schmoozer. So she she got on one show and then she worked away through all the Warner Brothers shows at the time. And then she eventually landed on the West Wing and she worked on that show throughout its entirety. She had a, a small part on that show. But there was one time where you know she would also gotten on Friends and she had gotten on um, Suddenly Susan with Brooke Shields. So at one point. I believe she, for some reason, she was competitive with me, which is something that I never was with any any woman. I mean, I, I never, I was never in a competition with my friends or even other actresses. I figured, you know, especially as an actress, you bring what you bring, and you no, know, you can't compete with that. Someone's going to be good; they're the right type for the role, so it's not a competition. But that, that's how I feel about it. So, uh, she had said a couple of things to me throughout our quote, friendship. One of them was she challenged me about the fact that because she was able to, I think she booked something and she got a bunch of money for it. So she went out and bought a wardrobe, which is extremely also important in Hollywood because you have to dress for success, right? So she said to me, well, if I get called for, you know, and I have to wear a $500 suit, I can do it. Can you? And I was just like, fuck you, bitch. And I actually could at that point. I had inherited some money. So I told her, I'm like, yeah, I, I actually can, which she just didn't have anything else to say. But that, that, then there was this just one thing she said to me after she worked on Suddenly Susan with Brooke Shields. She's like, you know, I've seen Brooke Shields in person and she's a good 20 pounds lighter than you. If you ever want to be considered sexy in this town you should lose 20 pounds. So first of all, this I was on Days of Our Lives while this was all happening. I mean, I had a small role on Days of Our Lives. I was on the show for 7 years. I played a police officer. I also I got hired to play a model which that was the first thing I was, I I got hired two times to play a model. Then I played a reporter, then I played a cop and the cop stuck. But I had seen myself on television and I had seen Brooke Shields on television, you know, and they say the camera adds 10 pounds. It doesn't. It just makes you look bigger. It makes everything look bigger. It makes rooms look bigger. It makes people look bigger, not fatter. But I saw what Brooke Shields looked like on television compared to what I looked like. And we were virtually the same. And, but you know what? She told me this, and I just thought, she's right. And it triggered an eating disorder, my eating disorder. I, I don't blame her for for having an eating disorder, but all of the insecurity and vulnerability and um, obsession about the way I, I looked physically, it was all there. So it just took that one comment, that one straw that broke the back of my vulnerable um, belief about myself. So I, when I say I had an eating disorder, primarily what I did was I did not eat enough food. I restricted calories again, not anorexic, but I, I I eat as little as possible. I would, I probably for, for years lived on about 800 calories a day. And then the other thing that I did was I would purge when I had too many calories That was rare. So I wasn't, I wasn't a bulimic in that I would binge and purge. I didn't buy food and cram it down my throat to have that, you know, feeling of eating and then throw it up. Um, I would just, most of the time I was in control of what I ate. I prepared my meals. Or if I went over to my mom's house for dinner, I would be very clear. Most of the time I asked if we could just have spaghetti squash. Because I could have spaghetti squash with uh, sauce and a little Parmesan cheese. And then I didn't feel like I was, you know, if I didn't really eat the, very much for that day, I felt like on the weekend, that wasn't going to make me fat. So I, I could hold, you know, I, I wasn't going to get rid of that. But if I went out to dinner or if I was in a situation where I really didn't have control over what was served, I was unable to control myself from not eating. Like I, I wanted to eat it. If there was bread, I would eat it if If there were fattening sauces, I would eat them i I just couldn't not do it because I was always restricting and I love food I love it um so I did make myself purge, and it was rare i i would I would probably purge like maybe once a month, maybe twice a month. It wasn't very often and and i and I want to be very clear here that I'm not diminishing somebody else's eating disorder. I do not want to um try to act as if what I went through was superior because I did it less. I just didn't fall prey to that kind of behavior. Um, you know, and, and as far as being anorexic, I don't, I mean, I just, I love food so much that I was unable to not eat it. You know, I, I know that there are certain anorexics out there that can push food around. I I can't, I just can't. And I'm not saying that you should, I, I, just, you know, I, I was kind of obsessed with eating disorders for a while because I had one and I would go on these chat rooms, um, online and I would read what these girls would say. I would never, and it was always girls. I would never participate in them, but I would, I would just read what they had to say. And it was always, it would blow my mind. It was a little macabre that I was so fascinated but it was because I had experienced it. And my experience was slightly different from theirs. A lot of these women were going through severe, severe eating disorders. And so mine weren't severe. In fact, I think that um, a lot of eating disorders have to do with like control. Mine was never about control. It was literally just about calories. I just didn't want to get fat. And I felt like I was in Hollywood. I was being judged by agents. I was being judged by everybody. And I just couldn't afford to be fat. So I, I w- I probably did the purge thing for about, I don't know, like a couple of years, less than two. And then what wound up happening, what wound up happening was that I, I had, I went on birth control because the other, another reason that I have body hatred, um, I I started getting acne when I was early 20s. I had adult acne, and it it was mild to moderate. So I would have, um, at any given time, maybe three or four cysts on my face, but then I would also have scars or redness from prior cysts. So there would be active cysts on my face and then fading ones, and if I had no makeup on, my face had lots of red blotches all over it and lumps. And then little teeny, teeny, tiny, tiny, which you could only see if the sun or uh, the light hit me a certain way. But there's just tiny, tiny little bumps all over my face, which was not fun. And I hated that. And so that was more body hatred. And the birth control was uh, helping my acne. But then I wound up gaining weight even though I had not changed my behavior, I still worked out. I still didn't eat enough. I was still going through an eating disorder. But because I was on the pill um, and I gained, it was about 15 pounds, I just thought, well, what am I going to do? I mean, am, am I going to throw up for the rest of my life? Am I going to starve myself for the rest of my life and not see any benefit from it because I'm on the fucking pill? So I that's pretty much when I stopped restricting so severely. I always did, but not to that extreme. And it's also, um, when I stopped purging, but what I started to discover was that no matter what I did and no matter how thin I got, and I, I, you know, I mean, I never got to the point where I was a bone, but I got as thin as I could get. And it was just never good enough. And, you know, when I was in my twenties, I used to fantasize, about um having a certain there was there was like an outfit that I I had in my mind that I wanted. I wanted to wear this particular outfit and it was a it would be a long flowing white skirt um that was, you know, maybe just below my calves, not at my ankles and and then a white blouse. And then I like a white blouse that there was like a v neck, kind of like a cotton tight blouse with longer sleeves. And then I wanted to wear those. Um, oh, and I don't remember what they're called, but they're those cute little like Mary Jane Asian shoes that are made of material, like cloth material. Um, but I wanted white. And so I had this idea in my mind of how I would look in this outfit. And it finally dawned on me when I got down to the weight that I like as thin as I could get that I will never have the body that I envisioned because the body that I was envisioning was a a smaller frame and smaller bones. And that's when I really started hating my body, like fucking hating it and resenting it because I just had big bones. I have big everything. And no matter how thin I get, I will never look the way I want. And I will give you an example of what I wanted Um, anybody who watched Third Rock from the Sun and Kristen Johnston has been on the show and we have talked about my issues with, with body image and how basically she's fortunate because she doesn't have them. You know, she, she has other issues. She, she was an addict and she, she unfortunately was addicted to uh, drugs and, and drinking. And as a result, her stomach burst. Um, But she was a woman in Hollywood who didn't give a shit about her physical appearance. And she even said though, you know, I mean, I've been heavier and I've been lighter. It's better to be lighter. But um, I looked at her body or somebody like Cameron Diaz, who was also tall. And when I compared myself to them, I was big and I wanted their shape. And I was convinced that if I looked like them, if I had their body type, that I would have worked in Hollywood because while I was in Hollywood and while I was pursuing an acting career, casting directors and agents, most of the time really didn't know what the hell to do with me. And I used to think it was because I didn't play that schmooze game. And I used to think it was because I took everything so seriously. And, um, you know, I mean, I was on time and I knew my lines and, and I just figured that that town was based on who, you know, and this and that. But I think part of it, I mean, I I do think it's all of that, but I, I think that part of it is I just didn't look like the tall actresses who were successful looked for the most part. Yeah, there were exceptions, but I didn't look like that. And so I think they looked at me and they recognized that I had talent. And I will say that they did because I got callbacks for every audition that I ever went on. And a callback means you're good enough for the role. Now it comes down to type. And I just was always the wrong type. I mean, I, I did get hired on Days of Our Lives to play a model. And I'm going to say once again, kudos to the casting director, Fran Bascom, who, uh, the late Fran Bascom. She, she didn't go for the obvious. She actually hired me and the woman that I told you about whose boyfriend broke up with her because she was too big, although she has a smaller frame. But anyway, most of people in Hollywood just didn't really know what to make of me. So um, it was just something that I, I I, I grew in. I mean, I, I recognized and I felt shame when I was younger for being bigger. And then I started going into body hatred. And then there's just one other story that um, while I was, I think I was studying acting. I had a friend, a gay friend, his name is Steve he's like family and we were driving around one day having a good old time and i asked him i think you know he was always very complimentary because i like i always say women should have gay husbands i like to call them gay husbands because they can't no straight man can can flatter a a, a woman like a gay man and all I, all I could say that it's, if you've never experienced it, it's just fucking awesome. Like I had one guy tell me that I was hotter than Farrah Fawcett in her heyday. Same guy told my girlfriend she was a burst of citrus. I mean, it's like the fucking best compliments ever. But anyway, so I'm driving around with Steve and I he had commented about me and he had said something like, you're beautiful. And and I said to him, but am I really beautiful? And he laughed at me. He laughed at me because it sounded so conceited. It sounded like I was so up my own ass that, um, you know, I would say something like that. And, and, and this didn't even occur to me until years later because we have both laughed about this since. We have both laughed about the fact that I asked, but am I really, really beautiful? And Because it just sounds so fucking conceited. But I realized it didn't come from conceit. It came from total insecurity because I thought to myself, okay, yeah, I know that I'm good looking and all of that, but am I good enough looking? Am I good enough looking that people in Hollywood will hire me? Am I good enough looking that a man will just become so enamored of my physical appearance that he'll not be able to live without me? Am I good enough? Am I valuable enough? Will people love me? Will people accept me? I don't think I am. So am I? and that's really where it came from. I was just so fucking insecure. And you know, he I've never actually talked to him about this cuz it just occurred to me in the last couple of years and I haven't really talked to him for a while, but that's where it came from. And you know, I look back at that right now and I feel I feel sad for myself because I still battle with body hatred and body image and all that, but it's like, boy, when I was in my early 20s, I was just such an emotional wreck. It was just it was just so difficult. Um, and so this brings me to the, to the notion that, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying all of this out loud because there are times right now where I still cry about my body. I'm 51 years old. I was a size 10 in high school and now I'm kind of, I'm in between. I mean, 11 is a a junior size, but that's kind of like my size because I'm like a 12. Let's just call me a 12. I'm one size higher than I was in high school and I'm six feet tall. So um, obviously, it's not like I've gained all this weight. I mean, I have gained weight, but it's not to the point where I'm an obese person. I I might be close to obesity though, because the legal or not the legal, but the medical idea of obesity is a certain amount of body fat. And I certainly have, you know, I mean, I have a stomach, I have um, fat on my legs, I have fat on my arms. I don't know if I'm medically considered obese or not, but because I've seen people have who I don't think are are obese and they're called obese and it's like, what? But anyway, I don't know what my ratio is. I, I do work out and I eat right. And when I say I eat right, I probably still don't eat enough. I know Bob doesn't think I eat enough, but, um, I, you know, I try to work out at least three days a week. Sometimes I take the week off this week. I've kind of taken off. I've done it a couple of times, but, um, I work out regularly. I, I, I make an effort to eat healthy food. I make an effort to eat low fat, healthy food. I do eat fat and all of that. I don't count my calories, but I make an effort and, um, And so I know, and I want to get to this thing in a minute as far as what I think this solution is. But before I do, I'm just going to say that I know that women who are in their 50s who have to work at it but can achieve their goal. Like my goal, I'd like to be back in a size 10. And I've been trying since I think the beginning of 2017 to get there. And I've made a few strides, but I believe my hormones have made it almost impossible for me to do that. And my mother had the same experience when she was in her 50s where, boom, she just gained all this weight. Nothing changed. She didn't increase what she was eating. She had been working out the whole time. And all of a sudden, she just got this burst of weight. Well, that happened to me. I also quit smoking um, back in 2014. I gained a bunch of weight when that happened. And again, it wasn't because I replaced... um, I was very careful not to replace smoking with eating. It didn't matter. My, beta- my metabolism slowed down. I was going through, I was like perimenopausing and I blew up and it took me a good year to lose that weight. And then now I, you know, I, around 2017, I got this other burst of weight and it, it was like, it was a lot. I won't weigh myself. I absolutely will not because it's going to trigger me into just this horrible depression. So I won't weigh myself. I will measure myself and I judge myself by the way my clothes fit me. So I have size 10s and some of them I can wear, some of them I can't. Um, I pretty much fit into my 12s fairly easily. So I just know that if there are women out there who are in their 50s and they're working out, you know, they're eating right and they're working out because if they didn't, they'd be heavier. If they see me, I feel like they're judging me or I feel like they're looking at me going, thank God I'm not as fat as her. And, and I'll tell you, there are women who will look at me like that. I know there are, because I remember being younger and looking at some of the girls that I knew were, you know, studying, they were studying acting, pursuing acting, and maybe they were a little heavier than I was. Maybe they weren't as tall as I was, but still they were carrying more weight. And I was just so grateful that I wasn't. It's not that I was judging them and thinking, oh my God, they're so fat. I just thought, I'm so glad that I don't have that weight to lose. I'm so glad I don't have that weight to lose. And so I, I feel like women look at me and, you know, again, not every woman, just the women who have to work at it. And they think, thank God I can do it. And it, and it just, it, it makes me feel insecure and it makes me hate my body. I hate that I hate my body. I hate it. And, and so this is, this is what I think the solution is. It's, it's fucking smashing patriarchy. And I'm going to give you the definition of it, which is a system of society or government in which men hold the power and women are largely excluded from it. So that's kind of like social and political power, right? Um, then I found an article on thought.co, so ThoughtCo, there's a feminist analysis, and I'm going to expand on this, but it says, feminist theorists have ex- have expanded the definition of patriarchal society to describe a systematic bias against women. As second-wave feminists examined society during the 1960s, they did observe households headed by women and female leaders. They were, of course, concerned with whether this was uncommon. More significant, however, was the way society perceived women power, in power as an exception to a collectively held view of women's role, in quotes. Most feminists saw that the oppression of women came from the underlying bias of patriarchal society. So I'm going to take it further and say that patriarchy deems women to be secondary, and their value is tied up in childbearing. So that kind of leads to how, how attractive they are to men because men choose the women they want to marry and have children with and and then there's society telling us, well, um, this certain body shape and this certain facial structure are preferred and more appealing, therefore more valuable to men. Which is tied into the patriarchy because it's men having the power, giving men the power, men having the power. And I fight patriarchy a lot, right? You know, I'm I'm always out there um, challenging splainers on Twitter and doing it with gusto and confidence. And I'm, um, debating and, and, and arguing and, and smacking down anybody who wants to argue with, with me about abortion. And I feel very confident in that. But I'll tell you, when it comes to the way I feel about my physical appearance, patriarchy still wins. It doesn't matter that I know that it's bullshit. I know it's bullshit doesn't matter. I still feel it. I still feel inadequate. I still battle hating my body. I still wake up sometimes when I know I'm supposed to go somewhere and I'm going to be with a group of people and I have to figure out what I'm going to wear. And I go into my closet and I try on one outfit and I look fat and I take it off and I try on another outfit and I look fat and I take it off and it gets to be that everything I put on I hate and then I become so upset and, and, and I'm so obsessed with how much I fucking hate my body and I say it over and over again like a fucking tantrum-throwing child that I hate my body. And yes, I realize that that's stupid. I totally realize it. It's stupid only in that I shouldn't be falling for these bullshit narratives, right? I should just, I should be happy that I'm healthy and that I'm a nice looking person and that I make an effort to, you know, work out and, and eat well, but no. And, and and by the way, anybody like my whole life, I've been obsessed with this. And so I talk about it and my friends are like, no, 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 you're not, you're not fat. You're beautiful. You're not fat. You're beautiful over and over again. And Hey, who doesn't love a compliment? We all love compliments, But when it's given to convince you that you're not what you think you are, it doesn't help at all. So like if I'm walking down the street and somebody stops me and they say, hey, I love your dress or wow, I love your height or whatever. That's a compliment that I can that I can get behind and like. But when someone says, Kimberly, if I say, oh, my God, I'm so fat, I gained so much weight and they say, Kimberly, you're not fat. It's like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm fat. You're not going to convince me that I'm not fat. You're not going to convince me that I'm something that I am, you know, I mean, I look at myself and don't like what I see. And just because you're telling me that I am not that thing, it does it's not going to help me. And and actually this leads me to parents. If you have a, a, a child, boy or girl, that is stressing out about their physical appearance don't believe for one minute that your dismissal of their feelings or your insistence that they do not look that way is going to help them. If your teenage daughter come or you know, starts complaining about her fat body and you tell her she's not fat or you even scold her, you're not helping her. I can't speak for boys other, in, other than in a general way, but I know what it's like to be a teenage girl. I know what it's like to be a girl who feels uh, different and fat, and big, and a parent or a friend saying, oh, you're not fat? That doesn't help. You think you're helping? It doesn't help. I, I would say the best way that you can deal with that is to say, I realize that you see yourself that way. Other people do not, but you know, I recognize and accept that this is how you view yourself. And then beyond that, I don't know, take them to therapy because I haven't figured out the answer. I just know that um, I've known people like me who have body image issues. And when they complain and I look at them and I don't see what they're talking about, I'm like, I don't see that. You know, I'm not going to say to them, you're crazy because I know what it's like to obsess. I, I know somebody who has body dysmor- dysmorphic disorder, which basically means you don't see an accurate version of yourself. Y- you see a distorted version of yourself. I can't say that I have that. I think I see myself exactly the way I am. But, but what I see is different. I don't, I'm not small. I don't have small anything. And I hate that. And, I, and 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 then it goes down to little things where I hate my stomach, I hate my legs, I hate my arms, I hate this. And so patriarchy has decided or at least told me that I am not valuable enough because my body parts aren't this perfect ideal. And as much as I'm, you know, confident in so many other areas, as much as I know that I am not, you know, what people usually consider fat or whatever it doesn't matter to me and i don't know how to overcome it on my own i think i'm going to go to my grave having moments where i hate my body i mean i don't have it every second but anytime i think about it i hate it when i'm around when when i go to a uh, a social gathering and i'm sitting there looking at other women who are smaller than me the hatred becomes intense. It's just, I look at them and they're little and they're thin and that's it. That's all I need to see. And I'm just like, that's it. I, I, I am so fat. And then it's this battle with, you know, especially if you're like at the holidays and there's food around, Then I go through, you know, my thought process is something along the lines of my legs are fat. My stomach is fat. I feel so fat. I'm, she's so skinny. I wish I was as skinny as she is. She's so lucky. She gets to wear that kind of shirt. I never get to wear that kind of shirt. Oh, she's having a cracker. I wish I could have a cracker, but don't have a cracker. Don't, don't eat the cracker. Don't have any chips or anything like that. Because if you, if you eat it, you're not going to be able to stop and then you're going to gain weight. And then I give in and I eat a cracker and then I feel guilty. And I'm like, Oh my God, you ate a fucking cracker. All right. Well, I ate a cracker. So now I'm just going to eat crackers because I already started, and it's like this fucking loop. It's this destructive, dumbass loop that plays in my head you're fat, you're fat, you're fat, you're not good enough. She's better than you. She's luckier than you. She's more fortunate than you. And you know, people might be looking at me and they might be saying, Oh my God, she's so tall and she's got really pretty hair. And I wish I could look like that. Well, I'm looking at the next person going, she's so lucky because she's thin. And it's just the stupidest fucking thing ever. And it's patriarchy. It's patriarchy telling women that they're not good enough. They're just not good enough, no matter how we look. And then if we are this perfect ideal, I guarantee you, if you find some woman who has a perfect body shape in in what patriarchy deems as perfect, she's not happy. Maybe she is, but that's rare. Most of the time, it's an obsessive thing. Unless you're just born naturally thin with those natural, if it just comes naturally to you, all the ideals just fall in your lap. Most of the time, that doesn't happen. Most of the time, we're chasing it. And it's always... um, it always feels devastating to the people who can, I don't know, the, the, the people who understand that they can't really change, you know, I can lose weight, but I can't be ideal. And now that I'm 51, I'll never be ideal. So, you know, I mean, I've, I've been dealing with this my whole life. And it sucks, and I wish that I—I I don't know—I wish that I knew how to overcome it. I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't know what to expect for this age. I didn't say to myself when I was thirty-five, "Oh, by the time I'm fifty-one, it'll be over." It's not over, and. You know, now I'm I'm just basically heading into Wrinkleville. <laughs> I you know, I may lose when my mom, like I said, when she went through after menopause, she had gained some weight. Now she's quite thin. You know, but she's older. She's in her seventies, so she's got some wrinkles. And so I, I I figure, well, maybe that will happen with me. I'll finally lose the weight, but then I'll get wrinkly and I'm never gonna have my youth back. My youth, where I was beautiful and I had a beautiful body and I spent it hating my body. And I say I had a beautiful body, but you know what goes through my head is really, I didn't. I I really didn't have a beautiful body. I'm just saying that because I'm supposed to. That's what I think. Even when I go back to when I was 35 and I was super ultra thin for me and I felt pretty damn good, I could still pick that apart and I could say, well, my calves could have been a little bit thinner, My, my thighs could have been a little bit thinner even at 51, I'm picking apart my, my like most perfect version of myself because it wasn't good enough. And so I, I recording myself talking about all of this again. So I know that I'm not alone. Maybe people out there feel like I do. And if you're listening, I'm just doing this for us. I, you know, what's the answer? Kill patriarchy. We got to kill patriarchy. And that goes beyond politics. That goes into our movies and our television and our magazines. It's like you open a fucking magazine. Oh my God, when I was younger, I read magazines all the time. I read every magazine, every beauty and fitness magazine each month. And you open one page and it tells you, here's how you lose 10 pounds in a week. And then you turn the page and it's an article on, you should love yourself the way you are. And then you turn the page and there's a picture of an anorexic model that's been Photoshopped to look even thinner or an anorexic model that has been photoshopped to look a little bit th- fuller, because she's too damn skinny. But she's thin enough so she can wear the clothes and, 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 and all of that. But they've actually made anorexic models look fuller. Or they've made anorexic girls look thinner. <laughs> and so you read these magazines, and you get all these mixed signals, and we've got to fucking figure out a way to stop it. There's one One thing that I see that's positive, and that is millennials are more, they're embracing natural looks, which means everybody. It means thin people. It means heavier people. It means people who are carrying some extra weight. And I'm all for, I just want to be clear that I'm not advocating, um, you know, eating whatever the hell you want and being unhealthy. I think it's important to have a good healthy diet that's balanced, getting exercise, because if you eat the wrong foods and you eat too much of them, you can get diseases, you can get diabetes, you can have heart issues. So we should always strive to be healthy. But it's just this idea of being skinny. And I'm telling you, I'm glad that I work out, but I do it to be thin. I don't do it because I'm I, I know that I get a benefit, a health benefit from, wor- from working out. But if I were naturally thin, I probably wouldn't work out. So I'm grateful that I have the motivation to do that. But my motivation to do it is to lose weight. Or, you know, and I've and, and what's really been so hard is since 2017, you know, oh, my God, I used to be able to lose 10 pounds in a month. And now it's been t- since 2017. And I did all the same things that I did when I could lose 10 pounds in a month and it's not happening. So I just have to go through this fucking ride until I finally lose it <laughs> when I'm old. <laughs> anyway, you know that that's that's pretty much it. I, I wish I had this like cut and dry answer and go here's the solution. Just love yourself. Just just love yourself. Sometimes I sometimes I can get behind that, but most of the time I don't. Most of the time I have a really hard time with what I look like, and I think it's. I think it's dumb, and I I realize that it's dumb. Just please don't tell me that I shouldn't feel that way. Don't tell people you love you shouldn't feel that way. They feel that way, and by you saying they shouldn't feel that way isn't helping. You might want to help, but that's not how to help them. Let them know you understand that they have this 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 view of themselves because um, we live in a fucked up society. That says women have to look a certain way or they don't have value. And you know, maybe therapy. I've never gone to therapy, but maybe, maybe I'll do it one day. I just feel like I'm beyond therapy. I feel like I'm just always going to, if I if my stomach is big, that's, you know, and, and feeling fat, even if it's just out of bloating, that's a day I hate myself. And I mean, hate, the hate is very strong and it's very real. So um aside from the let's smash patriarchy I'm also appealing to someone who doesn't have an a, a, a body image disorder and who knows somebody that does please understand that you cannot solve that for them by telling them they look good or thin or whatever it doesn't it's not going to solve it The only thing that's going to solve it is changing the way we we look at each other and treat each other so that's it there's my story there's my story of body hatred I hope that I hope there's something you can take from it that's positive because fucking a <laughs> it really sucks Alrighty, that's it thanks for listening